You've heard the expression, don't worry what others think about you. Well, I think it matters very much what people think about you as a professional, and it matters even more what people say about you, what they're willing to write about you, and what they're going to tell other people about you and your business. Testimonials are public declarations of professional opinion. That's at least my definition. P- testimonials are public declarations of professional opinion. So you want the right ones. You don't just want anyone's opinion. And you also want great ones, don't you? You want testimonials which commend your services from people who recommend your services to other people. So today, in this episode, we'll look at why you need testimonials for your consultancy or your training business or your coaching business, the three types of testimonials you can get, and five steps to get great ones. This is episode 80 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, my name is Mark Garrett Hayes. I'm the host of this show of the Training Business Podcast. And this is the show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, for training consultants, people like you and I all around the world, wherever you are tuning in each week. And the reason you tune in and the reason I produce this podcast is to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. There is an episode every Thursday. If this is your first time here, welcome. If it's not your first time here, welcome back. And you know by now, if you are a frequent listener that you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, to name just three podcast platforms. And there are many others out there. So we'd love you to subscribe to the show to be notified of episodes, future episodes, some really good episodes coming shortly. And that's the reason we'd like you to keep on coming back to the show. So again, your comments, your suggestions as to the kinds of episodes you'd like to hear on the show are, of course, welcomed. And I'll give you my email address at the end of today's episode. So today is all about testimonials. We like people to say nice things about us. In fact, in a professional context, we need people to say nice things about us. Not just nice things, but things which inspire other people to want to contact us and to want to hire us. So a testimonial is social proof, isn't it? If you're familiar with the work of Dr. Robert Cialdini, who perhaps wrote the book, the the only book that I can think of I would quote from regularly in training sessions and coaching sessions, the book on the subject of popular psychology or persuasion psychology. It's called The Psychology of Persuasion, strangely enough. That book came out in the 80s. And that book outlines how humans are persuadable in several, in fact, six different ways. So I highly commend that book to you if you've not yet read that book. But one of the principles from Dr. Cialdini's book is the principle of social proof. And what this means is that people are influenced by the beliefs, the actions, and the words of others. Now, you you can't control people's beliefs. That's not what we're doing here. But we can influence people's beliefs. And we want, therefore, testimonials from people who are influential 
you want to influence them, but you want people whose commendations, whose recommendations, whose testimonials are influential. Testimonials from people whose opinion is valued and can influence others to cooperate with you, to trust you, and to hire you. Is that true? I think it's true for me. So my question to you is, today, do you really need testimonials to have a successful consultancy, a successful training business? What do you think? I'm curious. Well, I think a testimonial is good to have. A recommendation is great to have. If I had a choice between someone giving me a testimonial and someone making an active referral to someone on my behalf, I think I would always ask for a referral. Does that make sense? The difference is that a testimonial is for anyone. It sits on a website or in a proposal, or it could be somewhere where people can publicly see this testimonial. But a referral is an active recommendation to someone specific, which ideally leads to business, or at least an introduction which leads to the chance to pitch for some business. Does that make sense? So a testimonial is good to have, but I think a recommendation is better to have. But at the same time, I think that we do need testimonials. And for that reason, I'd say that if I had to do without testimonials, I would rather not because they're very useful. They're social proof, aren't they? They actively and sometimes passively persuade people that you are someone worth talking to, someone worth uh, watching, someone worth going along to see on stage if you're giving a talk. You're someone worth hiring and entrusting someone's business to so that you can come along and elevate that company's people to the next level of performance. And I think that's what testimonials do in my context, or at least in my business, which is it helps me to open a conversation and to say, I have worked with this kind of business, someone like your business, and here's the proof. That's what they've said. Now, we'll talk about the kinds of testimonials in just a moment, but think about that for a moment. If you had a choice between having a testimonial or a referral, what would you choose? I think you'd choose more than likely, as a business owner, you'd like a referral because that's an active recommendation or a recommendation's an active referral. Either way you look at this, you want someone to actually introduce you. So let's just say that testimonials are nice to have, but I think you should always be going for active referrals because those are the things which will get you introductions and get you in front of people who have the power to say yes to your pitch for business. But that aside, let's look now at the kinds of testimonials you can get and I can get And there are three. The first one is verbal. And this is when someone introduces you or they might introduce me. So for example, I'm about to make a presentation and the person then persuades me. That's the term, persuades me, or says to the audience, they persuade the audience. They say, here's Mark and Mark has um, an award-winning presenter and he's done work with us and achieved these results. Does that make sense? That's where someone gives a verbal testimonial, kind of on the fly, dynamically, ad hoc, perhaps nothing written down, but they're saying something at that moment in time. So I can't control what someone says. But one of the books from Dr. Cialdini, his second book on the topic of persuasion psychology is a book which came out in 2017. Another book I would recommend, quite academic 
in nature, it has to be said, but um, quite useful and quite intriguing because it talks about the power of persuasion, which is how you can actually arrange for people to say things about you at a critical juncture or a critical moment in time, which often can lead to see people seeing you in a different light. So you can actually persuade people before you try and persuade people. So that's something you might want to look at. It's uh, not something I will try and explain in detail right now, but um, I find the concept fascinating. And because uh, Dr. Cialdini is an academic, that topic has been rigorously researched and backed up, peer-reviewed and backed up in science. So I can't influence what people say about me in the moment, but I can influence what people write about me. So the next kind of testimonial is a written short paragraph. And there are four places that I will use these. I use them, for example, on my website, which is insidesalescoach.com. That's insidesalescoach.com. And if you go along to the homepage of that website, you'll see, I think, four, if I'm, yeah, I think four proposals, or four proposals, four testimonials on the cover of that page. That's the obvious place to have them, is front and center where people can find them. And sometimes I find that people, for some strange reason, almost hide their testimonials or they sit on their LinkedIn page if they have a LinkedIn profile. I guess who doesn't these days? But sometimes for some reason, people are coy about them. They kind of lock them away or they these testimonials sit on LinkedIn, but they're nowhere else. So I think that you need to have them on your website. And the obvious place to have them is where people will see them first. And that, to my mind, is the home page, which is why they're on my home page. So that's the first location for a written testimonial. The second one I find quite effective is in a proposal. Why? Let's say you're being asked to pitch for business. You might sometimes give people something which is kind of generic. It's dry. It's got the same kind of headings like everyone else. You know, it's stayed. It's it's predictable, isn't it? It's got the about us section. It's got the uh, the work section. It's got the other section, I'm just thinking on the top of my head here, multiple sections in this long, dry PDF. But what sparks it, actually, what makes it different, is what someone says about you, because that thing is unique, isn't it? So a proposal is a great place to put someone's kind com commendation about you front and center where people can see it. And often it's that time that they need to see it is the time they're reading a proposal and they're about to make a commercial decision in your favor. So that's a great time to have a proposal, or I keep saying proposal, a testimonial in your proposal on front of someone. And so the back page of my proposals, when I'm giving them or sending them to people, I will typically drop in not just the words that someone has said about me, but their picture, which you can do using something like canva.com or Photoshop or something else, plus their title, their job title and their company name, and of course, the actual testimonial itself. So four things, their picture, their title, their company name, and the testimonial itself. So two or three of those testimonials in your proposal can have a huge amount of influence at the time, which is critical when someone is reviewing perhaps a range of proposals and thinking, do I give the business to him, to her, to them? But you want that proposal to go your way. And I think a great place to put a testimonial is right there at that moment in time when someone's about to make a decision in your favor. The next place I would put a written 
testimonial is, of course, on LinkedIn. And often these are given automatically. That's how the system works. You can request recommendations from people on LinkedIn. You can do that strategically. And we'll talk about a way to do that, which works. And you can also, of course, put your testimonials in social media, perhaps on your Instagram page or a link to them on your Instagram page, occasionally into your Twitter feed, if you get that. Now, some people find that act of dropping in your testimonials into social media. They call that humble bragging. And I think I know what they mean. It's it's somehow, somehow, you know, just blowing your own trumpet. But you know what? I think that's the job of your testimonials. They have got to be put to work. And I'll talk about that shortly today. The fourth place you can put testimonials, or at least just one testimonial, is in your email footer. So think about that as a great location. A lot of people have a very generic email footer, which has their picture, maybe their mobile phone, their email address, company name, company address. That, to my mind, is information which doesn't pass the so what test. If all you have at the bottom of a footer is a blank space with some address details, I think you're missing out on an opportunity. You should always use your email footer to get something on front of someone, to get them to click on something, go somewhere, watch something, do something. And for that reason, I think a An email footer is a great place to have even one testimonial from someone whom you think the recipient of the email will look up to. So a written paragraph, a written testimonial is easy to get, isn't it? You can ask for those, but they're not the easiest to give insofar as people often resist giving them or they get stuck because they don't know what to say. And often that becomes an excuse. People don't really, you know, commit easily to giving testimonials. I know in the past I've had to chase people for a couple of weeks to get a testimonial from someone they verbally promised me. The third kind of testimonial is, of course, a video testimonial. Video testimonials are extremely powerful. Why? Because they combine sound, they combine visual imagery, and they tend to be more I suppose memorable for that reason, in the sense that they're using multiple modalities, not just something people read, but something people can watch, they can listen to. And often they're more emotional than something which is text-based. Do you understand? So if I'm looking at someone's testimonial, I can see them, I can watch the emotion on their face, I can listen to them. That, to my mind, is far more powerful than something written. So they're very emotional, but often they're difficult to get, aren't they? Because people don't want to be on a screen, on a camera, on a video. Most of us have some kind of reluctance to appear on stage or to have our face on a video. Most people, when they see a camera, go, no, no, please don't take a picture of me. They don't want to be there because it kind of is personal. So I find that those are the hardest to get, but they are paradoxically the most effective if you can get them. The other consideration when it comes to video testimonials is that very often they look quite amateurish. The lighting's wrong. The audio is terrible. So I think that if you want to do one, are going to do one, you've got to really put some effort into the backdrop, getting the audio right so that people sound well and that they're, the you know they're, they're prepared they don't just stumble over a couple of lines like I'm doing now but they're actually on camera with a, a succinct a succinct short powerful message and you've coached them in how to do that so there's a lot going on when it comes to video 
testimonials. And the best ones I've seen look extremely good. The lighting's done well. They obviously have some really good Zoom mics or lapel mics. And people are prepared. They're not just rambling. Sometimes they're using auto cue. It might seem staged. It often is, but that's what makes it very, very professional. And I can think of a couple of websites where I've seen really powerful testimonials from really well-regarded people. And that has influenced me more than any verbal testimonial or written testimonial. Think about that. The other consideration when it comes to video testimonials is that sometimes people look like it's a hostage video. They look like you've got a gun to their head. It looks it looks uncomfortable. So if you're going to go down the path of video testimonials, I think that's where a lot of work needs to be done. And I would caution you and I would say, think carefully about that and do it well. If you're going to do it, do it well. Get the audio right, the video equipment right. Even hire people and go along to someone's office, make sure the lighting's right. A couple of times I've done this in the past, it's done very well for me. Other times it looks terrible, the people look uncomfortable. So of the three, of those three, I would say video testimonials are the most powerful, but again, the hardest to get and the hardest to do right. So let me give you three testimonials which I've received in the last year and a bit. The first one is from a guy called Martin. And again, these are testimonials on my website, which you can see. And the first one is very brief. It says, awesome sales coaching focused our inside sales team on exactly where they needed to make changes in order to accelerate sales targets. That's it. Very simple. About two lines. The next one is credible and impactful, hugely applicable, definitely resulted in positive changes in terms of both behaviors and results. And that's from a guy, a former client called Dan. And again, that's on my website too. And as you can see, that's a very short statement. Uh, some of that is in fact, just a couple of words per sentence or per, yeah, per, per sentence. And because it's that short, it's kind of more consumable. So some of these testimonials I've received in the past have been quite rambling, unstructured, repetitive. You want that to, to be chopped down. So think of ways you can actually edit testimonials. And I think that's okay as long as you don't embellish them. The third one is this, uh, worked with my Austin, Texas and London teams, exciting and inspirational. Absolutely no hesitation about working with Mark again. And that's got from a guy called Rob. And those three testimonials are all on my website. And what you notice about them perhaps is that you have the name of the person. There's their second name. I won't give that to you. That's on the website. But you can read them all in literally five seconds. So they're brief, they're eye-catching, and they're very short to read out if I have to. Here's a long one, which I got from someone about four years ago. Mark is an extremely talented trainer. Mark created and delivered a management and sales program to a challenging audience in a challenging environment in Haiti, for my newly inherited team. And that was a number of years ago, back in 2015, when I was working with a company in the Caribbean. I lived there for a short while and I was delivering training in Haiti. Um, 
And that was quite an experience. But uh, Paul goes on to say that uh, Mark's dedication and application were first class, as was his sense of humor, which was an essential prerequisite. I would highly recommend Mark to any organization in need of quality delivery of training. And I hope to get the opportunity to work together again. And that's from Paul. So what do you notice about that? Well, it's, it's quite different to the previous three. The first three were very brief, and that's because they were edited, um, but they were also impactful. So short sentences, powerful verbs. The last one, the one I've just read to you now, was a bit rambling. Uh, My name was repeated three times, and I would say, although it's quite generous, it isn't all entirely useful. I would actually chop down some of that and maybe, yeah, just, just remove some parts which are Uh, unnecessary. So it really is up to you what you do with your testimonials. The key thing is that you don't embellish them, you don't change them to read something else. I have no problem editing them to shorten them, but I would not put something of the length of the last testimony I gave you on a website. It's simply too too rambling. It's, It's not specific enough. So the first three are the ones I've chosen. And for that reason, testimonials come in different sizes. So the testimonials that you get from one person might be different in format from another. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells you that you actually have to guide people when it comes to requesting testimonials. And these are some of the troubles that I've found over the years is that very often, aside from the fact that people are reluctant to write them, they avoid writing them, they avoid doing them, they make excuses. Sometimes they make a bad job of a testimonial. And the result is that it's useless. So I'm thinking of a couple of I received in the past two years. Three of them were generic. They were impersonal. They read like someone had been forced to do it. Uh, and that's a pity. Uh, one or two read like a text message. Two of them had serious misspellings and typos and even spell my name wrong. So Yeah, that's actually my fault, not theirs. So you have to stand over testimonials. If you're requesting them, you've got to guide them. You've got to guide people properly so they give you the kind of testimonial in the right way and something that you can actually use. So today I've come up with five steps that you can use to get testimonials. And this will guide you when you go to think of the kinds of testimonials which will help your business. The first one is to earn first. So I'll go through these five. The first step today is to earn first. And what that means is that you actually have to earn the testimonial. It sounds pretty obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people have asked me in the past for a testimonial. And I think you've got to be kidding. The work has been really haphazard or it's been half done. I haven't been happy with it. So I'm not going to give a testimonial to someone if I'm not happy with the work they've done for me. And nor would you right? Nor would you. So the first thing is to earn it first. A testimonial is simply proof that work has been done well. So you've got to do a great job to earn a great testimonial. If you ask people when you've not deserved a good testimonial, let alone a great testimonial, it kind of leads to an uncomfortable discussion. Sometimes you might even be blanked. It's a bit like saying to a fireplace or to a car, first you start the engine and then I'll put in some fuel. You, you wouldn't expect your car to start without putting in fuel. So you've got to put fuel in the fire. You've got to earn the testimonial before you request one. So that's my first tip today is to earn it first. The second one is to choose the right person. Why? Well, because not all 
testimonials are equal. I've had some great testimonials in the past from some people, but they're delegates. So the kind of people that I would like a testimonial from is someone whose name, title, maybe company, will carry weight. Let me give you an example. If, for example, I requested a testimonial from two people, and the first person was Barack Obama, and the second person was Joe Bloggs, which do you think would be more effective, more useful, more valuable? Absolutely, the first one, the one from Barack Obama, because people know who that person is. So at some level, you want to choose someone of influence, whose influence can be brought to bear when it comes to pitching others or requesting others to take you on board, to hire you as a trainer, as a training consultant. So not all testimonials are equal. You've got to choose the right person. If I were choosing one or if I had a possibility or an opportunity to request testimonials, I would ask for a testimonial from the person who is a mirror of the person I want to attract to my business. Does that make sense? So we don't want just any old testimonials. How, no matter how nice they are, you want testimonials which are from someone at the same level as the person you hope to influence with that testimonial. Think about it. If, if I'm, for example, approaching an inside sales director, what kind of testimonial would influence her or him? Probably one from another inside sales director. So we're looking for something from the right person for your business. The third tip is to ask for it. Again, it might seem obvious, but people aren't mind readers. If you want a testimonial, you actually have to pluck up your courage and ask for it. So the very simple first step is to ask how the job went. And I often do this as a face-to-face conversation. How did the job go? What what feedback do they get? What did people think? What did delegates think? What did the manager think? Have they seen any results? And therefore, if the quotation or the comments come back and they're positive, I'll say, great, you know what? How about giving that to me in writing? Is that okay? So that's a nice way of asking for a testimonial. It's, it's a kind of a subtle way. They've said something nice. They don't yet think they're on the hook for a testimonial. But by giving it to you verbally... You can then say, great, could I have that in writing, please? And then that helps them to know what to say, which is good. And secondly, it confirms that someone is committed to giving you that testimonial. Whereas if I leave four or five weeks go by and then ask for a testimonial, people are sometimes evasive. They forget what they actually said or meant to say. They forget the the training experience itself. And often they will not uh, commit understandably, because they've other things to do. And most people don't find it comfortable to be on video, as I've said, or to even record something or to perhaps even write something. So it's best to ask someone in the moment. And what works for me is I ask them as soon as possible for feedback on how the training was perceived. And then if they say something nice, I can then say, great, could I have that in writing? And then they will do that very simply and quickly, and they can do that by email. Whereas if I leave it for a couple of weeks, I have in the past spent four to five weeks chasing someone who promised me a testimonial and has not given it to me yet. So ask for it ASAP, get it in writing, and do so by way of a face-to-face conversation, first of all. The fourth tip today is to provide a model. Why? Because no one likes writing things from scratch. If I said to you right now, write me the opening paragraph of your first novel, what would you say? You'd more than likely think, well, get me out of here. 
I, there's something on Netflix I have to watch, or you'd think of maybe finding an excuse to have a cup of coffee, anything but to write a testimonial. I would actually have to sit down and give some thought to writing something that does someone justice. So no one likes writing them really, particularly if they feel they're being ambushed. So the very simple process that I've liked has worked for me in the past is to give them a model. And I will say, look, here's my website. Here's my LinkedIn page. There are a couple of examples. Why don't you write something like this? So to my mind, when you do this, there are three ways to do this. So providing models, three ways. One, done by them. Two, done with them. And three, done for them. What do I mean? Well, done by them is where you say to them, uh, I'll leave it up to you to write something as you see fit. That's done by them. The second one is done with them. This is where you say, look, here's an example of what other people have written. And we call this, again, social proof, because other people will look to the actions of other people to decide what they should do themselves. So done with them means that you will provide them with, say, a two or three line example as a model, and they can copy that as a template. And that has worked quite well for me in the past. The third one is done for them. And this has also worked well as recently as six weeks ago, in fact, where I said to a guy, can you give me a testimonial following a really successful day's coaching with his sales team? And he said, look, why don't you write it for me, send it back, and if I have no problem, uh, you can use it. And I thought, fantastic. So I wrote the testimonial, obviously based upon a fair observation of the success of the day. He okayed it in one go and that was it, approved. So you might find that providing a model actually helps to grease the wheels when people feel there's something they can look at, copy, emulate, use as a template, it's much easier to do the job. So done by them is that's when they do it themselves. Done with them is when you give them a template, as I've mentioned. Or thirdly, done for them is where you write it for them and they approve it. Sometimes they make a couple of, of tweaks. The fifth step today is to put it to work. So if you've asked for a testimonial, you've got to use it. There's no point leaving it somewhere on your email or on your LinkedIn page. I know LinkedIn is the obvious place to get testimonials and to find them. So if I'm looking at someone's profile, often for the first time on LinkedIn, what will I do? I'll naturally look at their testimonial section to see what other people have said about them. Isn't that curious? The way we automatically don't just look at what someone says about themselves, but we go to find out what other people have said about that person. Again, that's social proof. So if you've got great testimonials, for goodness sake, don't just leave them on your LinkedIn page. Put them to work. Put them on your website, as I've done. Put them on your email footer. Put them in your proposals. Use them even in videos. So maybe during a video which you're recording, you could read out a testimonial or hire someone on Fiverr to read out a testimonial. And that goes into your training video. So all kinds of places where you can use your testimonials. The thing is not to be coy, shy, or humble. This is something that someone said nice about you. They've not done it to compliment you, really. They've done it to help you. So put the thing to work. So in summary today, five steps. One, earn it first. If you want a good testimonial, do good work. If you want a great testimonial, you've got to do great work. Make sense? So earn it before you ask for it. Secondly, choose the right person. Not all testimonials are equal because they come from different people. Not all testimonials are equal because they come from different people. So you've got to choose the right person whose title, whose company, whose name will carry weight with the people 
whom you wish to influence into a sales conversation. The third one is to ask for it. People are not mind readers, so often people will assume you don't want one unless you ask for one. If you do ask for one, do it early, do it face-to-face, and ask for a comment and get that as a simple testimonial. It saves time and saves face. The fourth step today is to provide a model. No one likes being asked to write something from scratch, so give people an example. You can do it for them, which is what I call done for them. You can do it with them, where you give them some kind of template to use. And the first one is where you leave it to them to come up with something. I would caution you against that one, because sometimes you get back, yeah, shall we say, low-quality testimonials, I would rather provide structure. People actually appreciate that in my experience. And the fifth thing today, the fifth step, is to put it to work. If you ask for it and you've got it, you've got to use it. Put it to work in all kinds of places. Don't be shy. Don't be coy. Don't be humble. It's a testimonial. Hasn't been given to you as a compliment. It's been given to help you put it to work. And you'll find that that attracts people into a great sales conversation if you've got great testimonials. Okay, so my sincere thanks to you for tuning in again this week. Thanks for all your support and your continued messages. Great ideas coming in for future episodes of the show. I'd love you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because this helps us to promote the show and to attract the right guests to help you on your training business journey. You can find a fresh episode, of course, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and Spotify and a number of other platforms where you'll find episodes of the show. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook and Instagram, so check us out and join the conversation. My best wishes to you and your families in these current difficult times. But until next Thursday, stay focused, stay optimistic, but above all, stay safe. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.